So welcome to this episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. You all are in for a real treat because today, coming to us from Knoxville, Tennessee, we have Catherine Porth Cahill, who is an amazing consultant, helper of businesses to get on their feet and creator and founder of Let Her Speak. For those of you who do not know what Let Her Speak is yet, I promise you will. It's an organization that I'm extremely fond of and proud that to be a part of in some small way and, and extremely honored that Catherine, who is super busy all the time, could join us today on this podcast. So welcome, Catherine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> So we're going to get right into it because, as you know, uh, time is is a limited resource. Uh, mm-hmm. And and Catherine is, is, like I said, as busy as they come. So I want to honor her time. But I also know what a blessing it's going to be for all of the listeners to really just hear her message, what she's about, and how she is impacting the world. And I'm telling you guys, when you talk about impact, she is making an impact. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about... Catherine Porth Cahill, newly married, still in the bliss, still in the bliss of the smile and the beauty. Yeah, yeah, that was quite an introduction. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, so I am originally from Iowa. I'm an Iowa girl. Mm -hmm. I uh, grew up around entrepreneurs for most of my life. So farmers, most of all my family are all entrepreneurs. My dad was an entrepreneur. My grandfathers both were. Uh, So when I decided to go to school, I actually went to the University of South Carolina, um, planning on focusing on marketing and international business. I wanted to do global business and travel Mm -hmm. constantly. But while I was there, I actually found the uh, entrepreneur major, which I didn't realize was a thing when I was 18. So that kind of decided my fate, right? When I was, it was actually 19 years old when you determined what your actual major in the business school was going to be. So I ended up doing marketing and entrepreneurship And just instantly fell in love with working with these people that had these visions and these innovations and these creations that they were just not quite sure how to build a business around that Mm -hmm. and how to tell their story and and speak to their value. So right from the get-go, I fell in love with doing that. And after school, when I graduated, was at the height of the recession. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurship was very difficult to do at that right, time. Right, Starting any right. sort of business <laughs> was very, very difficult. So I actually decided to do the safe choice and went into corporate America and worked in insurance and financial services for a while, mm-hmm. uh, moved back to Iowa since there was a lot more job security back there mm-hmm. and uh, built up my career in uh, sales and customer service. So I was still working with people, helping them out with solutions, talking with them. Uh, and I segued from financial services and insurance actually into commercial workplace interiors, Mm, which is much more close to what I love to do because I love doing creative things. More creative, right? right. Yeah. Um, And I got to essentially work with a lot of mom and pop 
companies. There's a lot of companies out there that do furniture, but they're very, very small. Um, it's usually a, a husband and a wife team or a solopreneur that's, that's running this, this team. So I got to become an extension of their business and really help them out with their sales strategies and their business development, but also help them design interior spaces. Since I, wow. I originally wanted to be an architect, so I got to live out a little bit of my, my design dreams. And yeah, so after, after I was in corporate America for a while, I decided uh, I wanted to actually truly work with a small business. And I was in a transition period where my um, then boyfriend, now husband, was <laughs> working in Knoxville. And I was in a good spot that I decided I'll move from Iowa down to Knoxville since he had <clears throat> a really good opportunity to uh, continue with his research that he does at the lab, at the Oak Ridge National Lab. Nice. So moved down here, started working for a small business. And during that time, I, I had this, this vision of, I, there's so much more that I could be doing, but I need to start my own thing. I need to be mm -hmm. working on my own. So I decided to leave the full-time position I had when I moved down to Knoxville and went back to school to get my MBA. Mm -hmm. And through my MBA, I started during that whole time, I actually became much more connected with the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center. And the summer before I started my grad program was when I had the idea for Let Her Speak. Wow. And it came out of when I moved down here, I didn't know anyone except for my husband. And I started going to a lot of networking events and being a corporate America, you go to networking events all the time. There's right. always things to be doing to get to know people. And I was continuously, I guess the best term would be disappointed with not really truly being able to connect with people. Mm. And the more I dug into the research into how you formulate meaningful connections with people, how you are able to work with people to start driving new ideas and innovations, it became very clear that the way that we, we put together networking events does not fully um, take care of either of those needs. So with Let Her Speak, I basically started it with a, a little bit of an idea of I know how I prefer to connect with people, and it's generally not at a, uh, a forced networking event. Right, it's usually right. organically. Yeah. Right. And I also wanted, though, to hear from other women. So mm -hmm. that entire summer before starting grad school, I interviewed women, you know, five women a week, as many as I possibly could, just to sit mm. down and get to know their stories and get to know what, where have they struggled, where have they succeeded, what, what are the gaps and the barriers that they're still seeing. And most mm -hmm. all of them were women in business, either they worked for a company or they were starting their own business or had a successful business themselves. Mm -hmm. And I started just collecting all of this information and the more and more I thought about it, the more I realized that there, while there are a lot of female organizations out there, and there's some that are, that are geared towards women that are trying to climb the corporate ladder or women that are trying to start their own businesses, 
most of them center around the exact same framework. Mm -hmm. And usually that framework is, will give you some networking events, but usually it's up to you to go up and, and try to introduce yourself to people or we'll do events where we'll bring a speaker in mm -hmm. that is someone that maybe is really well known or someone who travels and does a lot of speaking engagements. And you're usually sitting in an audience, that person's up on the stage telling their story. And by the end of it, the you you might feel very empowered and very exhilarated from the event but afterwards it that luster usually fades away a little bit right. and you go back to doing the same old thing that you have been doing um, so that was one one issue that I saw the second issue though is this is this thought that a lot of times when you're sitting in this audience it almost seems unreachable to be where that woman on the stage is mm -hmm. and it's not it's it's entirely possible to get to the level that you want to be at right. and as women there we're we're all in in this together we're all working on our own things right. and that there's still that that issue of animosity and the mean girl mm -hmm. effect that yeah. happens yeah, yeah, yeah. in most situations and one of the best ways to overcome that is to truly understand each other's stories mm -hmm. and understand where we're coming from. Uh, there's, there's those quotes that you see all the time that to, to be empathetic and forgiving of another woman because you have no idea what she's going through. Right. There's, there's a lot of things that could be happening underneath that she's just not comfortable talking about. Right. And, she's and she's reacting in a certain way for a reason. So uh, with the, the programming for Let Her Speak, it started as just an idea for a one-time event that it would be all women from the community that would come together and share their real stories mm -hmm. of letting down the veil, the facade of what they think a woman in business should look like right. and just be a human being and, yeah. and talk about these things that make them who they are because ultimately that drives what they're doing in their professional life. Yeah. The other part of that was that giving time for every attendee to be able to think and process what that story spoke to them. Mm -hmm. What about it can they connect to? What about it have they never fully experienced themselves? But maybe there were other women in that audience that did connect with that and they mm -hmm. can help shed light on what that feels like. So we, the way I, I developed the program was, for one thing, all women are on the same plane. There, there's no stage. Every mm -hmm. woman is equal, equally there. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there's the women who are speakers are women who have a connection to that community. Mm -hmm. It's not someone that flies in and then the next day flies out and you mm -hmm. never really see them again. Right. Uh, but they're women that you could, you could easily reach out to right. more right. and get to know those women more and uh, keeping it to a small intimate group. So mm -hmm. let her speak usually doesn't have more than 50 people there. Right. So that because there, there are studies that show that once you get above that, it's less likely that people feel uh, like they could, share something with the group right. without feeling embarrassed or mm -hmm. without feeling like they, um, you know, somebody might not agree with what they say. Right. Right. Uh, and so every woman sits at a round table of a small group and they rotate chairs uh, after every couple speakers. So you, by the end of it, you truly 
become friends with everyone who's mm-hmm. there. You get past the typical, this is my name, this is my company, this is what I do. Right. And you get to, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was really encouraging after the very first let her speak was uh, shortly after that, there was actually a study that came out from Northwestern University. Mm -hmm. And they found while they were, it was studying students in grad school that were pursuing their MBA. But what they found was that when women were more focused on growing their personal network of Mm -hmm. other professional successful women and utilizing that network to help support them and help them raise up in their Mm -hmm. careers Mm -hmm. that they were extremely successful and and it it shows that the the way that networking has been in the past it's it works very well in males and this is what that study was showing so Mm -hmm. it was showing that the the type of way that males usually are networking and it's based more on, oh, you know, so-and-so and this, and I might have never interacted with this person, but the fact that this person says that this guy knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. okay, I'll give him a try. And, right. and I'll, and I, I see that there might be some possibilities versus right. in women, we're more likely to recommend and sponsor and advocate for someone else when we really get to know who right. that person is right. and we trust right. them and then we're, we're willing to raise them up. Right. So that's what this study was about. And, and that was really what, what I built, let her speak around was I love it. this, this more of a connection and yeah. real conversations. Yeah. And, and two things that, that, that you spoke about, and I went to my first let her speak event last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, now it makes so much sense because I walked into this beautiful venue and it looked like, like, a set from like Alice in Wonderland. It was just every detail, everything was so beautiful. And now I see by what you're telling me that 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 creative side of you, it, you just wanted to bless the women that were going to be there with that extra, you're special, you're here, let me just pretty this place up. It was just beautiful. Aside from the event being that exactly what you described. And I think one of the things, Catherine, that that really stood out for me um again much more than 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 a, than a networking event of any kind or even a workshop that i've attended was the safe place for us to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. for us to be real and that it was okay and everybody i mean i can tell you Catherine, i left there with friendships that i know they're going to be friends for the rest of my life and they were women that i met that one day and we connected and reconnected and we coffee. And when I'm there, you know, I'm in Tennessee, you know, I had a, an issue last year and wasn't there as much as I, as I typically am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, these are, these are life because you, you get to go deep. You, it's not just, here's my card. Here's what I do. And I, I know that you're so dedicated to adding the value and so dedicated to being a stand for what you want to represent for these women for no other reason than to be of service that you are very research-based. Like you will go out and do the work and do the research to make sure that you can be a stand for what they need. Now, where does that come from? Is that just part of your background or? I think it, I naturally, I have always been a very curious person. 
Mm-hmm. And I just love to, I, I'm curious about people. I love to understand where people are coming from. Why do they think the way that they think? And so I can connect and, and understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another part of it too, is that my dad is a very analytical person. And mm. so he was always, if I, if I was arguing for something that, that I thought that I should be able to do like a class that I wanted to take or a place that I wanted to travel to, he would always ask me to do the research and mm. to give him, he, my dad's a lawyer. So this, okay. so making an argument for my case was a I part know. of growing up. And so I think it was because I always had to have some sort of research or some sort of facts and proof behind my decisions to do something mm-hmm. that that just carried through into my adult life. So yeah, everything, everything I do, you're right. I, I try to come at it at an angle of, in my gut, I think this is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but, um, in court, especially working in corporate America, uh, there's obviously a very, very big growing ever since big data and big analytics became mm-hmm. as big as it is now that there needs to be some sort of evidence-based or data enablement to right. decisions that are being made. Right. And that that transfers into almost everything, mm-hmm. even social organizations like Let Her Speak. There mm-hmm. are there is data out there and there there needs to be a research component to it to really instill some sort of change and and to be very um, focused on right. what I'm trying to do. And by doing this, this is the outcome that I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Is this the outcome that happened? And so I'm always collecting feedback from women. Just this week, I launched my, my women in business of East mm-hmm. Tennessee study. Yeah. That is the, the essentially East Tennessee is going to be my, te- my pilot test mm-hmm. to see what kind of information can I gather to utilize to create Let Her Speak around what people actually need. Right, right. So I I usually don't come at it from a point of, this is what I think that they need. Mm -hmm. I have those instincts, but if I'm told otherwise, then I'll I'll segue and and pivot to Mm -hmm. what women are actually telling me that they want. I love it. I love it. And that makes all the difference in the world because a lot of times we have an idea and and we go out there and we just want to launch the idea. And then we're thinking, well, why is that? You know, we think it's a great idea. Why Mm -hmm. is nobody... Uh, coming? Why is nobody showing up? What's happening? It's not, and it's just not what people need. You know, we need exactly. to be able to, to get in solution mode and, and what results are we bringing instead of focusing on the product and what we want to bring to the table. We need to make sure that there's that light at the end of the tunnel for people. Exactly. Yeah. So yes. I love that. And I know that that's, that that's time consuming and, and it, it, it's sort of, uh, requires a certain pause because you know when we're go 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 and and especially you that I'm sure you're you're driven and you're determined and and you've been able to achieve what you've been able to achieve because of that but then you sort of have to take a pause and sit back and say let me just make sure that we're doing this right let me let me honor that end user and those women that are going to be at these events and and what you're going to curate around that uh, which I know is going to be a huge blessing, but but Catherine, I'm curious because you mentioned it earlier 
I'm really curious, and I work with a lot of coaches and speakers, okay, and people that have been in the corporate world for 20, 30 years. I'm much older than you, so my tribe is much older than you. Um, <laughs> but they, they'll come in and they'll say, you know what, I just, I just have this idea, and I've always wanted to do this, but don't quite know how to turn that into a business. So mm -hmm. when you talked a little bit about the entrepreneurship and, and your course of study and how you help these people, not from the mon just for the for for the sake of monetizing it, which there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that, but really creating a business around their passion. Mm -hmm. How do you? I mean, is there even a way to describe steps? What that looks like? What people should be thinking when they're in that mode? Can you shed some light on that? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. So it it does depend on the the type of idea that mm. it is now whether it's a, a tangible product or whether it's a service you know whether it's a software technology based versus mm. uh you know some something that's more like in a retail location things mm. like that there's there's different ways to go about going after that the the biggest thing that I and I I've been working with a couple women the last few weeks that are going through a program to help get their businesses launched. Nice. And one of the um, you know one of the best things that and this comes out of Silicon Valley is the focusing on what the most viable product is, you know, the MVP. Mm -hmm. Right. And always focusing on I know you have this big big vision and this big dream for what you think this could be mm. and I have been there I mean I am there yeah. I have this I, <laughs> right. I know where this can go right. but at the same time you need to take a step back and say what is step one mm -hmm. and what is this most viable smallest way that I can get this at least started and mm. what is the the thing that maybe I can bootstrap it it doesn't necessarily require a huge amount of upfront investment mm -hmm. uh, and and some ideas it, that's just very very difficult to do some ideas uh, are do require a lot of upfront investment mm -hmm. and in those cases you have to do the work you have to really focus on getting as much feedback as possible maybe starting very small I have a a cousin who loves to develop games and loves mm -hmm. developing video games, which is a huge investment. Right. And his way of, of ensuring that that game is something that people are enjoying and people want to do is he'll start it off with something that's very simple and he'll utilize something as simple as a card deck, but he'll mm. attribute different things to what that card deck is to try to help people go through essentially what the essence of this game is going to be. Mm. And it's much easier for him to just sit down with some people, almost like a focus group in a way, and right. beta test them going through this game and collecting their feedback while they're doing that before he even goes towards the investment of all of the technology requirements right. that go into developing an actual video game. Right. Uh, it's the same with with services. I'm working with a woman right now who has this huge dream of of helping women that are in the healthcare world. Mm -hmm. And right now, um, she she and I have sat down and talked about what is the smallest, most viable thing you can do 
to test this first. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've worked on um, what a, a very, very small focused event would look like, mm -hmm. where it could be, how she might be able to get some sponsors to at least help her with, with covering the costs. And her mm -hmm. goal for this one isn't to make a lot of money right now. That's the eventual goal because it's right. business. You, right. you need to have a profit. You need to have a revenue stream right. in order to maintain yourself. Uh, but at least to break even and, and to test and to iterate and to get constant feedback. And so that's, it's, it's the constant cycle of the, what's the minimum viable product that, mm -hmm. that you can do? What is the, what is the feedback from that? What, how are you going to test it? How are you collecting the, that feedback and then deciding how to iterate from there? Wow. And I love that you said that, Catherine, because a lot of times when we have this big idea, um, we, we come in with, this is everything that we want to do. And I, and I do that a lot. You know, when I have people come to the office, we'll do a strategy session just to start, see where they are. Uh, very often these strategy sessions are three hours long. Mm -hmm. And I love it because I, I had a, a whiteboard designed. It just, I have one wall that is just a giant whiteboard and we play and I call it a dream board and we, and we get in there and, and it really takes, but I love the way that you said it. And I don't know, did you watch frozen two already? I haven't. <gasps> it's no. so good. So good. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So there's, there's a song in there and I'm not going to give it away, but there's a song in there and they're playing it on the radio and everything that's called, um, the, the next right step. Mm -hmm. And sometimes all we need to do. So what you're saying is listen, start where you can start. Because yes. sometimes what happens is we're looking at this huge picture, beautiful, and I'm a big dreamer. And if you see my vision board, you know, my husband, every time I do a new vision board, because I bring them all to life, he's just like, oh my God, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> and how long are you going to be gone? And what, what is happening here? So I'm a big, I, I, I believe in, in, in having big dreams and, and big vision, but sometimes I notice that people can get overwhelmed mm -hmm. and they try to, you know, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. So I love that you said that. Now, when you're consulting businesses, do you notice that it's, that it's hard to rein people in to get there or do they get it when you articulate that? It, usually, yeah. Once I articulate it and break it down for them. Um, and it, so one thing that I use, and I don't know if you're familiar with the book Bird by Bird. Oh, no. So it's a, it it's, my Yeah, it's something that uh, it was given to me actually when I graduated high school, and mm -hmm. it is still a book that I refer back to whenever I notice that I'm starting to get too caught up in the mm -hmm. big picture and not okay. focusing one frame at a time. Right. Uh, and it's it's mainly focused on if you're trying to tackle writing a novel, but writing a novel and trying to start a business with a All gigantic vision. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they're very, very similar. And, and she talks about, like you mentioned, you have this gigantic picture and instead of looking at this gigantic picture, just trying to make sense of it all, pretend that you're looking at it in a one inch by one inch frame at a time. Mm. And so once I usually mention that to someone of, okay, you have all of these things that you want to do what is step one? We mm. need to clearly understand step one. What are we doing? 
Uh, and I did this for myself too when I decided to leave my full-time job and to focus on growing Let Her Speak and, and trying to go after this, this vision that I have for it was I wasn't going to leave that full-time job until I could commit to day one on my own, what is the first thing I'm going to do? Wow. And once I clearly knew day one, these are the the things on my list to do in that first day. And and then I knew how to build to day two and keep going and going and going. I love it from that. But, but it started with, I need to clearly, as long as I can clearly tell myself, these are all the things that you need to do on that first day, then I felt secure enough that I would be able to build from there. Oh, I love it. I just added it to my, my queue. And I was going to tell you the, the, cause I'm, I'm big on, and I love getting a recommendation of something that sounds so cool. Um, reminds me a lot of the compound effect. I don't know if you've read, mm. uh, Darren, Darren Hardy, but it's, it's just, it's, it's that it's listen, baby steps and consistency and, yes. and sticking to the, to the plan. I'm, I'm just wrapping up, um, the 5 AM club <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's really a very, very powerful book, really a very, very powerful book. So I have an accountability buddy that we've been, you know, speaking with each other every Monday and we do accountability on Trello and we're, we've become really good friends for the past three years or something like that. He's a, a fellow coach as well. So we started, you know, I was reading it. I recommended the book. It's all about habits. So we decided to start this 5 a.m. club. So every morning we wake up, we take a picture of our watch, make sure mm-hmm. it's five o'clock or close to, and then we have to send a video of our affirmations and our intentions for the day to each other. So he's just decided to make this like a thing. Let's invite other people. And these are the rules. And, and it's, listen, by, by sometimes by eight o'clock, I'm almost done with my day. It's crazy, but it it really is really effective. So highly recommended, but bird by bird is in my, in my queue now. Uh, Thank you for recommending that. Um, Catherine, can you talk to me a little bit about what is next? What the future is? Cause I know you, you think a lot in, in terms of what you're going to bring uh, through Let Her Speak and through everything that you're doing with your consultancy and how you're helping uh, businesses and startups with the in the Knoxville Entrepreneurial Center, what is what are you looking at now? So with Let Her Speak specifically, I for the last two and a half years, I've been really focused on building this community mm-hmm. and, and focusing on a community that's built around face-to-face interactions and real conversations. And I'm just now starting to do more things through like social media and mm-hmm. building a website. And uh, so one of my steps with the community building is I am going to start working on a project and right now I'm I'm codenaming it let her eat and it's it's really about this connection and in particular now granted I need to do more research on this Mm -hmm. but my instinct and just growing up with a grandfather who was a chef and I have a cousin who's a chef as well this connection that especially women we we have to foods and and that conversations 
the most vulnerable conversations that we have, usually there's food involved. Right, right, right. Usually always food. And let her speak. I'm always very particular about I want really good foods at these events. And it's almost every single time provided. It's always a small business in the Mm. area that provides Mm. it. Usually a woman-owned business that that I use for the food uh, that's at these events. But there, the, I got to thinking a couple weeks ago, talking to my cousin, who's the chef, that we grew up with these cookbooks in Iowa that every farm community had that was passed down from generation to generation. And they were just very plain cookbooks, no pictures, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we used to learn how to cook. And right. most of the time, it would have just the name of the person who submitted it. A lot of times, though, when you when I was looking through an old one the other day, it doesn't even necessarily have that woman's name. It has Mrs. Husband's name. Oh my goodness! It. Wow. Uh, and so that's wow. how old some of these yeah. are. And yeah. and I got to thinking, you know, there's so many stories and so much deep connection to food that we have and to these recipes, whether it's a memory of working in the kitchen with our parents or working mm-hmm. with our grandparents or um, learning how to cook something for myself for the very first time when I was on my own. You know, there's all of these stories connected to these recipes mm-hmm. that um, to to start building a community that's that's also out in digitally, not just in in these um, events that I host throughout the community to start interviewing and talking to women that aren't necessarily chefs, but they they have this recipe that they connect to. And these recipes come from all diverse backgrounds and all different wow. types of, of people. And not just collecting that recipe from that woman, but also working with that woman on understanding what would her recipe for her life look like <gasps> as well. I love it. I love and it. And so oh, juxtaposed wow. to these recipes will be just so you understand who this woman was or who this woman is, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the recipe. Here's her recipe for what her life has been. Wow. (laughs) That's it. Floored. I love it. I love it. I love it. And and you see, that's what I mean. It's it's your uh, complete commitment to just offering and bringing and supporting and and adding value and bringing women together and just creating a a sense of of togetherness, which I Mm -hmm. think is what let her speak. What really stands out to me with let her speak. And I just, man, love it, love it, love it, love it. So, Catherine, there's an event coming up next yes. March, which I'm super excited about. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, what that is, how people can find out, how they can register, if there's still space. I know you fill up because you limit it so that we have, you know, nice, uh, cozy. Mm-hmm. But, um, but tell us a little bit about what you have coming up. Because I know you're, I know you're doing something a little bit different, but I'm going to let you share it if you want to share it. I don't know if that's a if that's a secret for the yeah, event. I'll do some hints. Okay, there you go. There you it. go. Yeah, I like to have a little bit of mystery. Yes. To, it, to yes. Um, kind of have some, just be a good sport about it. Right. right. <laughs> but the, uh, so the Let Her Speak Annual Women's Summit. This is our third one. Is going to be on March 25th mm-hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm hosting it this year at the Entrepreneur Center, which is right downtown on Market Square, which is a neat area of the city. 
and it goes from 8.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, tickets are on Eventbrite and Facebook. And you're right, they have been selling yeah. quicker than they have in previous yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, usually, yeah. usually people it know. sells out. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. know it's going it, to sell it out. It always sells out, um, yeah. usually uh, a few days to a week ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. And this year, I decided to have a, a overarching theme. Now, every woman who tells a story, I give her complete creative license mm-hmm. to do whatever story in whatever manner is, is the way that she wants to tell her story. Mm-hmm. So I really try not to um, give too many limitations for the women. All I tell them is keep it to about 15 to 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's your story to tell however you want to tell it. Uh, but the overarching theme is uh, moving from a focus on success to focusing on the significance and the legacy oh, that I we want it. to leave. Oh, I love it. And because uh, I know a lot of times now everybody defines success differently, mm-hmm. but your, your most common definition of success is either a title that you get or, you know, a paycheck that you bring home, mm-hmm. things like that, um, which is absolutely I, I completely understand those are those are can be very important things, but the significance of what is the story people are going to tell when you're no longer there to tell it. Wow, is is really what what I I myself am trying to figure out with what I'm doing with Letter Speak is what is the story that people tell when I'm not around mm. and and when I will no longer be around. So um, this year, each of the women all come from very different backgrounds. Uh, There's Angela Howard, who has started several businesses in the area, a very successful woman, uh, and will primarily be focusing on, as she's grown and aged, this this focus on sometimes needing to be a little self-centered, but Mm -hmm. also what the what can happen when we're no longer being empathetic to our own to our sisters to our uh, to right. the women around us and mm-hmm. how that leads to mean girl effect and bullying mm-hmm. um so she'll talk a little bit about her story with that uh Jalen Baker who is a photographer in the area did this incredible uh, exhibit last year where she was collecting not just the portraits but the stories of immigrants from East Tennessee in East Tennessee and so she'll be talking about that journey that she went on from being a photographer that did weddings did Mm -hmm. all types of photo shoots worked with Altered State which is a a retail clothing company um, to realizing there's there's other things that I can be doing with my craft and there's stories that I can be sharing with people. Uh, and we also have uh, Daje, who is a, uh, she's a poet. She mm. does marketing and branding. She's an extremely talented woman. Um, and so she'll be um, more than likely sharing a story plus a poem. Nice. That she's nice. Uh, I'll be talking about the the study and the research that Good. I've been able to collect and, and really share. And then you are mm-hmm. helping me out with a very special activity that uh, I'll I'll just give a hint. It's a, it's essentially thinking through and going through an activity of what will your vision for moving forward what you want to do that will leave a legacy that you want to leave. 
Awesome. Yay. See, see, that was good. It was a good tease, but you didn't give it away, but I love it. And you know what legacy that word is, is, is such a powerful word, mm -hmm. uh, Catherine. I think a lot of people, um, we don't hear it enough, but I, I love that you're taking something where women expect that they're going to come to an event that you put together and they're going to talk about these things that are going to move them forward. But I think what you're doing with the legacy is just taking it to a whole other level. And that really gives a big picture view of, holy crap, it's not just about, about you know, and I'm thinking of the that song in, in the Hamilton soundtrack, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, it, and it really is, is you know, what, what are they going to say? Not, not that we're worried about what people are going to think, but really we, we can't take anything with us. All we can do is what we leave behind, you know, exactly. and I, I was sharing with you before I, I lost my mom, uh, in November. And, and I remember the, the, the time leading up to when she passed as she got sick, um, mm -hmm. how, I realized my mom was just this person that was always serving. She was, she was wherever she needed to be after she retired. And, and just if anybody needed her, she was there. And I feel like she was just making deposits into people's hearts her entire life, never expecting to get anything in return or expecting to make a withdrawal. But man, it shows up. It, yes. it shows up in, in, in people, they would come and they would bring her food because she didn't want to eat and, and they came and prayed and it was just a beautiful, but her legacy was just her being in service of people all of the time, not expecting anything in return. And the story that, you know, people talk about her behind her back now is, is just this beautiful um, rendition of their version of what she meant to them. And there's a very common denominator. And and listen, that's all we get to take with us is what we leave behind. Exactly. So so I I I love that you're inviting us to go there because we're not going there. And you know, um legacy might be considered in some circles such a man word. You know, we talk about legacy and, and mm -hmm. what they're leaving behind. And holy crap, man, I mean, women are, you know, we're we're the ones. <laughs> But whatever, we're not going to get into that, but because we know and we don't have to show it off. Um, but I, I just love that, that, that you're doing it and inviting us to play in that arena. Um, because that, that just sets up, sets us up for a whole different way of looking at things. So I, I, for one, am grateful as I know everyone at the event is going to be and everyone whose life you touch, um, so, Catherine, now the Let Her Speak is, that's what it's called on Eventbrite, Let Her Speak. If we look uh, up yeah, Let, Let Her, Her Speak, Speak Women's Summit. And, and I know you have a, a great uh, Facebook group going mm -hmm. as well, and they can find you on all the social media under the handle Let Her Speak, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so on both uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's at Let Her Speak U.S., and, but if you just search for Let Her Speak, you'll see the, the logo of the, the beautiful the logo. profile of the oh, woman with the flowers behind her. Beautiful head. logo, beautiful logo, <laughs> beautiful logo. And Catherine, so tell me how, how newlywed life is. Because uh, I've been married 32 good. years, so I don't even remember, girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not too different from, we, we already kind of had a, a married mindset when okay, we good, moved in good, together. So good. it's basically now we have a joint banking account. That's yeah, the <laughs> that's the biggest difference. But, yeah. but, but your wedding pictures were just beautiful and, oh, and oh, just everything. So, and you, it, you're just still wearing the happy, which is always so nice. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very small, I actually used a little bit of what I do with Letter Speaks. It was a very small, intimate gathering of just family and friends. Good, good. Shared stories and ate food. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Catherine, so if if we looked you up in the dictionary, Mm -hmm. what would it say? Oh, no modesty. I, I can't let you play with modesty here because I know how you are. You know, everybody's always lifting you up and speaking you up and you're just like, no, it's okay. You know, whatever. So no <laughs> modesty here. No modesty here. Okay. Um, well, the first thing that came to mind is um, someone who tries as hard as she can to do everything that she can possibly do. I love that's, it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> and extremely accurate. That's why they always say the first answer that comes to your mind is the right answer. And and I really do see that, Catherine. I know you've been a blessing for me and, and for everyone that I met at Let Her Speak that we've kept in touch. And it's been, what, a year now almost? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just been, and, and everybody says the same thing. And, and I, I think you just have this light about you that that you're you're just bringing everybody with you and all you want to do is is shine your light and help them shine their light um and and i think it's just it's just a beautiful thing so before we go and i want to mm-hmm. thank you again for being here because i know your schedule is crazy busy oh, um <laughs> i i want to know uh and and you're still young okay so so this this will this will you know, make more sense than, than if I had to look back to 18, but if you were giving advice to your 18 year old self, what Mm -hmm. would you say? Uh, I would say that, um, in order to really evolve and really grow, you're going to have to be okay with facing a lot of difficult obstacles but stay stay the course and it will all make sense in the end oh powerful i love it (laughs) i love it lady i'm waiting for your book i'm putting it out there because i know how the universe is um but but guys see uh this is what i mean please look up Catherine and look up, let her speak and try to get involved and try to find out what she's doing. Um, anybody in, in Knoxville in Tennessee, anywhere, listen, I'm in South Florida and it's, it's only a 12 and a half hour drive. Um, and, and it's, it'll be worth it. I promise. So I, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not only for, for being here, but for what you do and, and how you support us and encourage us and, and always, uh, push us to more. Okay. It's a big deal. Thank you. Uh, I so appreciate your support and your just being an advocate. It means so much. I love it. I love it. All right, lady. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys go out there and uh, do good and be great and go play outside. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you.